Good morning, everyone. If you would, you can begin by turning in your Bibles to Mark chapter 9. We're not going to remain there long, but that's where we're going to start. As we have for a while begun to work through some of our issues with our church membership role a little while back, we reached the point where I suggested we have a series of sermons dealing with the nature of the church, the duties of church membership, the expectations of the Lord Jesus in regard to his church. My intention is for this message to serve as an introduction to that series. However, this is probably going to be one of the most unusual messages that I've ever preached. Almost exclusively, our practice is to select one passage of scripture as a text and to read that text and then have several thoughts to say about that text. That's not the plan this morning. This morning I have, brace yourself, 44 texts of scripture that I want us to read together, right? And so that's going to take some time and some page turning. From those texts, we're going to try to draw one simple point. You cannot be obedient to the Lord Jesus unless you are being obedient to him in a community of believers known as a church. Now, to help with finding our texts, we're going to read them in scriptural order. So starting here at Mark chapter 9, we're going to read a verse and then we're going to move forward through the New Testament. We're going to do it all in order. want to make a few quick observations before we start reading and I am curious to see how long it takes us to read these. The, the texts that we read are not all going to be in the same context. In fact, this is one of those very rare occasions where I think seeing similar statements in multiple contexts will, I hope, help make the point. Our texts come from the the teaching of Jesus and the Gospels, from the admonition of uh, the Apostle Paul and his letters, multiple other inspired writers in their own context. Some will be similar. Some will be challenging. I'm sure we'll even find a few of them amusing We'll read single verses, sometimes partial verses, sometimes multiple verses together. A few times I'll offer a brief comment about a word or phrase for clarity's sake. But as we go through these together, I want you to listen and to note and to see the common theme of one another. Most of the time you'll actually see those words. Sometimes you'll just see the idea of one another. If I was to give a title to the message this morning, it would simply be one anotherness. Mark chapter 9, verse 50, salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, wherewith shall you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. Go forward to John chapter 13, John chapter 13, verse 14. 
If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Down in verse 34 in John 13. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Move forward to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. In verse 17 of John chapter 15, these things I command you, that you love one another. Now go forward to Romans chapter 12. I hear some page turning. Although, in our modern day of technology, there's some scrolling going on too that you can't hear. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. In verse 16, You'll see, he says, be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Over in Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loves another has fulfilled the law. In chapter 14 of Romans... Chapter 14, verse 13. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. In chapter 15 of Romans, Romans chapter 15, look at verses 5 through 7. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive you one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Down in verse 14, it says, and I myself also am persuaded of you, my brothers, that you also are also full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able also to admonish one another. In chapter 16, verse 16, salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. Go forward to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Now I beseech you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that is, agree with one another, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you may be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Go forward to chapter 12. 
1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25, that there be no schism, that is no division in the body, and he's speaking of the church there, but the members should have the same care one for another. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 20, all the brethren greet you, greet ye one another with a holy kiss. Yep, there it is again, right? And in fact, the next one would be 2 Corinthians 13, verse 12, which says the same thing, greet one another with a holy kiss. Galatians chapter 3. If you would, look at Galatians, I'm sorry, chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For brothers, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. A little later on, the end of chapter 5, verse 26, and then we'll read through the beginning of Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 5, 26. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault... You which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. And then in verse 32 of Ephesians chapter 4, And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. And in Ephesians chapter 5, Starting at verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. The Parallel passage for this is in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verses 13 through 16. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness. 
And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I wasn't kidding about having 44 texts this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. In the next chapter in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 9, he says, But as touching brotherly love, you have no need that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And in fact, you know down later in verse 18, he speaks of comforting one another with the words that he has just taught. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Verse 11, he says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify, that is, build up one another. And then later in chapter 5, verse 13, he says, Be at peace among yourselves. Look over at Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Verse 13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So exhort one another every day. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews 13 verse 1 simply says, let brotherly love continue. Look at the book of James. James chapter 4. James chapter 4 Verse 11 says, speak not evil one of another, brethren. Right? We're not to speak evil of one another. And then in chapter 5, verse 9, he says, grudge not one against another, brothers, unless, lest you be condemned. And later on in chapter 5, verse 16, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned or sincere love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently. 
Just the note on that word fervently, I love. In Greek, it's actually the word for ferociously. Love one another ferociously. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, finally, be you all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brothers. Be pitiful, that is tender-hearted or compassionate. Be pitiful, be courteous. In chapter 4, verse 9, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, use hospitality one to another without grudging. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Give me a second, my pages are stuck together. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And then in verse 14, the last verse of 1 Peter, greet ye one another with the kiss of charity. Peace be with all of you that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. 1 John chapter 1. First John chapter 1, verse 7. Having gone through First John not long ago, you know a good dose of what's coming now. But if we walk in the light, and, sorry, verse 7, 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. In chapter 3, verse 11, For this is the message you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. In chapter 3, verse 23, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. In chapter 4, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. And then in verse 11 of chapter 4, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. And then our last one, chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another... God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. Now, thank you for your patience with that. I'm not going to have a a ton to say, although I have wanted to do that for quite a while and been debating whether it would be worthwhile. Why would we read 44 texts of Scripture? Well, the first answer to that is because I cut it down from 56 texts of Scripture. There is more that we could read. There are other places we could go. Sometimes we learn lessons based on the the simple clarity of the clear meaning of the text, and I'm afraid sometimes it takes repetition for the sort of drumbeat of Scripture to finally reverberate in our minds. And so this morning, we're going for repetition. 
Now, in fairness, the texts this morning are from many different contexts, and there are many different in each one of those texts. There is some separate main thought of each. Individually, they're focused on different areas, right? They they range from the uh, Jesus teaching his disciples to Paul instructing the churches. They they come in the context of sermons or commands or letters. Some of them come while telling us about the love of the Lord Jesus and encouraging us to show that love to one another. Some are in the middle of telling churches to stop being arrogant and to care about every member equally. Some remind us of the gracious mercy of the Lord Jesus, how he has received us and we therefore ought to receive all the other disciples of the Lord Jesus. Some are clearly commanding us to assemble in the church. Some are telling us how it is we're supposed to worship when we assemble in the church. Some remind us that the church itself is the institution through which God has determined to receive glory by Christ Jesus. And some tell us we can have assurance of our loving relationship with Jesus based on how we display a loving relationship toward other disciples of the Lord Jesus. There are many different contexts, many different main ideas, all of them using those words, one another. So, to remind you, be at peace with one another. Wash one another's feet. And the main idea there is to have humble service towards one another. Be kindly affectioned to one another. Prefer one another. Have a like mind or be in the same mind with one another. Stop judging one another or causing others to stumble. Be like-minded to one another to the extent, Paul says, of having one mind and one mouth. That is, the church is to be in full-hearted agreement and to speak in one voice about our love for the Lord Jesus. Receive one another as Christ received us. Admonish, that is instruct one another. Four times there is greet one another with a holy kiss and relax. You don't have to pucker up when you come in the door. That's not the point. Listen, that is just the common greeting for that day. The common greetings for today will be fine. Whether you are comfortable with a uh, a handshake, a, a side hug, or even a, a holy fist bump. The idea is, as long as it is, is that you are coming together into proximity, you are assembling with one another, and you are, in fact, greeting one another in holiness. Agree with one another, he says. Don't have divisions. Care for one another. Serve one another in love. Restore one another. Bear one another's burdens forbear one another that is tolerate each other in love be kind to one another tender-hearted and forgiving speak with one another sing with one another give thanks with one another admonish one another abound in love toward one another comfort one another edify build up one another be at peace with one another encourage or exhort is the word that he uses Exhort, encourage one another. Consider one another. Provoke one another. We're good at that. 
not provoking to anger, but he says provoking to love and to good works. Don't forsake assembling with one another. Don't begrudge one another or speak evil of another. Confess your faults to one another. Love one another with a pure heart fervently or ferociously. Love one another. Have compassion on one another. Display hospitality to one another. Be subject or submit to one another. Have fellowship with one another. Love one another. About a dozen times, love one another. If this little tour of the New Testament, right, this, this document that we say, this is our rule of faith and practice, this, this is what shows us what we believe and also determines how we behave. Well, in this little tour, what do we learn? What is the consistent theme in what we've read other than one anotherness is demanded throughout Scripture? That one anotherness is not a name that is written on a piece of paper and stored in some folder for 20 years until someone pulls it out and looks at it and says, oh, I kind of remember that person. The one anotherness to which we are called is a compassionate and loving and involved relationship. It demands a close quarters fellowship. It requires us to know each other and encourage each other and teach each other. It demands that we assemble together and worship together and we learn together and we we speak with the same voice together. That's all I want you to get this morning. Many texts, many different contexts, one underlying simple truth throughout all of them to anyone. The idea of anyone being a Christian, but not being an active participant in one of the Lord's churches is entirely foreign to the New Testament. Being a born-again child of God is not something you get to do on your own. It's not something that you can freelance. You cannot be obedient to the Lord Jesus unless you are being obedient to him in a community of believers known as a church practicing our faith in the Lord Jesus with one another. That's the whole message this morning. One another. It's commanded in Scripture that one anotherness.